This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. That's what I want to talk about today. It's all about you. It's all about you. And over the next two or three weeks or so, we're going to learn how to worship in spirit and in truth. And that's where the miraculous power of God is released in our lives. And we see what we never saw before. And his power flows to us and through us like never before. I'm telling you the truth of it. And we'll see that in his word. Would you look with me to Psalms 34, verse 39. And I do want to thank love you guys who joined us this morning at 630 up on the top of our mountain. You know, while we were gone... We still did our prayer time, 6.30 uh, last, last two Sundays, although we didn't do it from the mountain, we did it from a sand dune. And we almost got blown into the ocean a couple of times because it was stormy down there. Anyhow, it says here in Psalms 34, 9, in the Message Bible, it says, Worship God. Worship God if you want the best. Now, I know most of you here probably don't really want the best, do you? Do you want the best? Who, who here wants the best health? Who here wants the best family? Who wants the best relations? How, how many of you want the best financial situation for you? Do you want the best? Is there anything to be ashamed of of wanting the best? Do you want the best for your kids? You want the best for your grandkids? Well, my Bible tells in the message... Psalms 34 verse 9 says, worship God if you want the best. Now, see, worship, we all worship something. Wherever we invest our time and our energy, our resources and our monies, that's what we worship. Wherever we invest all that we are, that is what we worship. And he said here, worship God if you want the best. And then it goes on to say, worship does what? Worship opens doors to all. What percentage is all? 100%. Worship in spirit and in truth opens doors to all. Not one door, but opens doors to all of his goodness. And now I'm going to just demonstrate that to you. How would you like God say, I got all these doors, and it's just my goodness, everything you could possibly imagine, and I'm just going to open it for you. Is that okay if God opens all the doors of his goodness and everything that you've ever imagined, everything that you've ever desired or dreamed of, it just come your way? Well, I'm not making this up. Worship God if you want the best. (laughs) Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Now see, when folks refer to worship, they may be talking about any number of things when they say worship. Some people say, oh yeah, we we, uh, had a time of worship in our church today, which just means we sang. Some people singing, you know, hymns and things, that's just worship. You know, that's what some people think. Some people have, oh, well, we had a worship service today. And, and all the things like, we had a meeting. We went there to the meeting. We read a couple of scriptures. We prayed a little bit. We had a worship service. And that's what they're thinking. And some people, when you use the term worship, they're thinking, that's a style of music. We did worship music. You know, that's what some people think. You know, it's a certain type of Religious liturgy in some people's mind. Oh, yeah. Well, we worship. We had some religious kind of a liturgy, some little stuff that we do regularly. And that is, to us, our worship is a mystical experience. To some people, that's what they're thinking of. Something that's in contrast to praise. There's praise music and there's worship music. And that is the truth of it. And praise Music is pretty much exclusively praise music, but worship can include praise. 
and include thanksgiving and includes prayer and includes it all real genuine worship. You know what I'm talking about. Some people use the term when they hear the worship. Oh yeah, we have a worship band. There's a hundred or two or three hundred different things that people think of when they think of worship. That's just the way it is. Uh, Listen what it says here in Psalms 89, verse 15. It says, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Have you ever heard the joyful call of God to worship? Go for it. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, the priest, those guys who were trained to do this, when they would call all their people together to worship, they used a shofar. That's a shofar. Some of them were smaller because that's the only ones they could get a hold of. Some of them were longer, you know. But when they blew that shofar, that was the call that God was telling the priest, gather the people, we're going to get together to worship. Could you do that again? You know, they didn't have cell phones back in those days. You probably figured that out. But this is what got everybody's attention. And when they heard that, we're being called to worship. Give this guy a hand there. We appreciate you sharing your gift with us. I think we should start using that instrument as part of our worship team from now on. They locked you out. Okay, (laughs) there you go. Well, let me read to you again. It says, happy are those. Those? Who are the those who are talking? Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Have you genuinely heard the call to worship? And have you responded to that call? You know, because real worship might be something different than you might have thought that it was. Happy are those who hear the call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence. Now, I venture to say most of us here would probably rather walk in the light than in the dark. And if you happen to be in the dark, what you going to have with you? A flashlight, you know, because we like light. And he says it right here, happy. And I think we all want to be filled with this joy and, and, and we want a smile on our face and a thrill in our heart. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. God's taking me to worship him, you know. For they will, those who heard the call to worship, they're going to walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice half of the day. Oh, what percentage is all? For they, those who hear the call to worship, and I don't know if you hear it right now, but I hear the call of worship. God's tugging my heart to enter into a depth of worship with him beyond anything I've ever known before. Happy are those who hear the joyful. It's not a sad, solemn, sorrowful thing. He said, happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. They rejoice all 100% of the day long. Not just on Sundays, not just on the weekends, not just when they wake up in the morning, but it says they rejoice all day long in your wonderful reputation. God's got a fantastic reputation. I don't know if you understand that or not, but this tells us who God is. This is his reputation for hearing and what he's done and what he's going to do and I know about the reputation that God has. Now, all of you have a reputation. You know that, right? And some of you are going like, you know my reputation? <laughs> we, we, we hope to have a, a good reputation, don't we? <laughs> but you know God does. He has a reputation. He loves you. I am telling you, he's crazy about you. Anyhow. It says here in John chapter 4, verse 23, and I would challenge you before you go to bed tonight to read John chapter 4. It's just one little chapter. It won't take you but a very few minutes to read it, and then you get the whole story. 
about the woman who was coming to the well and she met Jesus and she had some dialogue with him and he talked to her and then they started talking about worship. That's what happened here. That's what this verse is, this chapter is about. And here in John chapter 4, verse 23, it says, <clears throat> and this is Jesus talking, it says, but a time is coming. That, that's something that's out there that's coming our way, right? A time is coming. Like, you know, Christmas is coming. Well, Thanksgiving's coming first, and then Christmas is coming, right? We understand that. But listen to what it says. It says, but a time is coming and is already here. Oh, wait a minute. You said a time is coming, but the time is already here, but it's, it's coming. And you know what? I've shared with you all the definition of grace about how there's always another wave coming in. And while Susan and I was away praying for you guys and studying and seeking God, and I was down there at this awesome, magnificent ocean, and ain't nobody else in sight there. And these waves are crashing to the shore. It's like, there's a, there's a wave coming, and I can see it way out there. There's a wave coming, and, and there's a wave that's already here. But there's another wave coming, and by the time that wave gets here, guess what? There's going to be a whole bunch of other ones lined up to come too. And it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense to me now. But a time is coming, and Jesus is telling us this, but a time is coming. It's coming, and it's already here when true worshipers, genuine worshipers, and when you see something say a true worshiper, and Jesus says a true worshiper, he's telling you that there are false worshipers also. False worship does not bring you the best. False worship does not unlock and open the doors of all of his goodness. But there is a false worship, and it's hard to tell the difference sometimes between the two. Oh, it's very easy for God to figure that out. But it says a time is coming, and it's already here, when true worshipers, worshipers of Papa God, the men and women who truly worship Papa God, you know. When you're talking about these two worshipers, it's like, you know, what you're called really don't matter. Denominational-wise, it really don't matter. But where you go to worship, and that's what you'll read in Ephesians, as Jesus was talking to that Samaritan woman there, it's like, where you go and what you're, it don't matter. But the time's coming, and it's already here, when true worshipers, true worshipers are going to do something. And no matter what you're called and where you do it at or what time you do it, he says, the time is coming, is already here, when true worshipers will worship. A true worshiper will worship. True worshipers will worship. <clears throat> true worshipers. I can hear them back there. I was just telling them to calm down. When true worshipers will worship. Now, let me give the definition. This is just a basic, pretty simple, generic definition of the word worship, okay? Worship means adoration. Adoration, it means to esteem, to hold in high regard. Worship means to love, it means to feel affection for. It means to be in love with, to be devoted to, to be, de to be fond of, to care for, to find irresistible. This is what worship's talking about. Reverence means to, reverence is the definition of worship and reverence means to be in awe, astonishment, to be in amazement. It, worship means to respect, you know, and, and that means to have a high opinion of and, and to think a lot of. You know, uh, he, he's talking about that the worship is, is devotion, it's, it's loyalty, it's dedication, it's, it's commitment to, it's an attachment to. That's what real, true worship is. You know, it's, it's praise, it's included in worship and exaltation, admiration and idolization and glorification. And the word worship, it means to adore, which just simply means to love. Worship, esteem, we already read those. Respect, admire, to be passionate about. Worship means to be passionate about. It means to be stuck on. And then I came up with this, this 
This is part of the definition. It is to be crazy about. I'm going, I use that term all the time. Because I said, God's crazy about you. He is crazy about you. And they included, he's mad. I mean, that worship is being mad about something, not upset, but like crazy about something. So if, when you worship God, you're crazy about him. You're stuck on him. I mean, it's just a life changer. It genuinely is. And, and worship means to revere. It means to look up to. It means to elevate. It means praise, adore. It means to lionize. And I didn't know what lionize was. I had to look it up. Worship means to lionize. It means to glorify. It means to treat as a celebrity and celebrate. You ever sing that song? Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. Y'all heard that song? Celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. He is risen. He has risen. And he lives forevermore. He is risen. He has risen. Come on and celebrate. The resurrection of our Lord. That's what worship means. It means to celebrate. It means he's risen. It means to look up to him. It means to be crazy about, fond of, to love. All these little things here. And, and that's, this not, that's not the fullest depth of worship. Just a little bitty piece of worship. But you understand there's more to worship than sometimes what we think it is. That's what I'm talking about. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Well, let me read that verse again now. It says, John 4, 23. But a time is coming and it's already here when the true worshipers will worship. Will worship. Will, will worship. You know, the, the word worship means adore. Are y'all familiar with adoring God? You think, well, it's not really the kind of word I, we use it all the time. Come Christmas. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. <clears throat> oh, come let us adore him Christ the Lord. Do you adore him? So the challenge is, thank you, sir. Adore him. Now, if I got some grandchildren, and the youngest of my grandchildren, his name is Judson, and he is adorable. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do, do, you, do you adore anybody in your life? It don't mean you're worshiping them, but, you know, I adore him. He just, he just, you just want to squeeze him and hug him, and he's just, just adorable. And that's the way God feels about you. To God, you are adorable. And we can understand that. And then when we... Worship him. We're adoring who he is and what he's done. And we know his reputation. And, and we're always being reminded of God's awesome, fantastic, wonderful reputation. And we elevate him and we praise him. We admire him. We're stuck on him. We're crazy about him. You know, this is worship. And once you, you and I learn to worship God, often he says, the best I got is yours. And here I'm unlocking all the doors to my goodness for those who worship in spirit and in truth. He says that right here. He says, but a time is coming, it's already here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. That means from the heart, the inner self. That's who you really are. You'll worship from who you really are. You're not parroting something. You're not singing words that you don't understand. You're not just singing words from your mind, but you're singing from your heart. You'll worship the Father in spirit. And the Amplified Bible says, from the heart, from the inner self. That, and that's with honesty here. You worship him with, from the heart, 
He says, and in, what's that word? Truth. In reality, you know, that's how you really live. That's the real you. You're, you're not just making this, you're not just acting, you're not just make-believing right now or just singing along with everybody else. But no, it's like you're worshiping him in spirit. That's from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. That's how you really live. And that's what counts with God, that you worship him in reality from the inner core of who you are and genuinely from who you are. And you're genuinely adoring him and you're crazy about him. And that develops, I guess, better and stronger and stronger all the time. It really does. And then it goes on, it ends, it says, for the father does what? He seeks. Now, you think God is pretty good at playing hide and seek? I think no matter where you hide, he can find you. You know that. But the Father seeks such to be his worshipers. He is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth, in reality. And I think this scripture, this Matt Redman, he must have read that and studied it out a little bit. She's like, I'm going to bring you more than a song. I'm going to bring you something because you're looking into my heart. He knows the condition of your heart and my heart. He knows where you invest your time and your energy and your, your passion and all those things. He knows, you know. He knows the condition of our heart. Now listen, there's, here's another passage from the Old Testament that somewhat echoes this. It says in Second uh, Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes, we just got through reading it, the Father seeks such to worship such people to worship him. And it says here, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole. Now, what percentage is whole? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout 100% of the earth to show himself strong. God is, he's looking. He's trying to find a man or a woman that he can show himself strong to. He can show his strength, his physical, his emotional, you know, every aspect of strength that you can imagine. God's eyes is going to and forth throughout the whole, and he's looking to show who he is and his great reputation to somebody. The eyes of the Lord run to and forth throughout the whole earth, show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart, not whose mind, not whose body, but whose heart is loyal. The King James Bible, it says, whose heart is perfect. I believe it's the Message Bible. It says, whose heart is loyal, whose heart is perfect toward him, whose heart is completely his. Not, not, not his half-hearted stuff. To worship in spirit and truth is not like, well, yeah, I really love and God, but I got something a little, some, somebody a little bit more special than God over here on the side. No, 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 no. That's not worship. Worship is when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. God can say, okay, that's the last breath I'm going to give you. Do the rest of it on your own. We'd be in a pickle. We genuinely would. It's our pride that makes us independent of God. Pride. It's appealing to feel that we are the master of our faith. We run our own life. We call on our, our own shots. We go it alone. But that feeling is our basic dishonesty. We can't go it alone. We have to get help from other people. And we can't ultimately rely on our own self. We are dependent on God for our very next breath, right? And you say, well, nah, I can breathe without God. Don't ever say such a thing. Because God might put you to the test. And I don't care what kind of ventilator you got. It ain't going to work long without God's blessing on it. We are dependent on God for our very next breath. It is dishonest of us to pretend that we are anything but men, small, weak, and limited. So living independent of God is self-delusion. It's not just a matter of pride being an unfortunate little trait and humility being an attractive little virtue. 
It's our inner psychological integrity that's at stake. When we are conceited, that means prideful and of self-importance, we're lying to ourselves about what we are. We're pretending to be God and not man. Our pride is the idolatrous worship of ourself. Pride. It's all about me. It's all about me. Our pride is the idolatrous worship of ourself, and that is the national religion of hell. Pride. Wasn't that why Lucifer was cast out of heaven? Because he said, I, I, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be up higher than the most high. P-R. What's the next letter? I-D-E, pride. The national religion of hell. True worship is being occupied with God and his will, not self. This building is occupied by you. And when you and I are occupied with God, it's a deal changer, man. It it genuinely is. You know, when our love and our our actions are responding to his love and his actions, and that's another way of, of saying worship. You know, it's like when I've been called to worship God in spirit and in truth and my heart's going like, my love is going, I'm responding. I'm responding to you, God. My love is responding to your love for me. That, that's worship. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7, it says, in the message Bible says, and you know, as we're studying this, sometimes we got to, this is a positive message, but sometimes we got to fall under a little bit of conviction where we see that we might miss it from time to time so we can straighten things out. But it says here in Matthew 15, 7, it says, Frauds, Isaiah prophesied of you. Hit the bullseye. Isaiah prophecy of you hit the bullseye. These people make a big show of saying the right thing. But their heart isn't in it. You're looking into my heart, looking into my heart. He's looking into our heart. Matthew 15, 7 says in the message of frauds, Isaiah prophecy of you, hit the bullseye. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all 100%. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's not, well, everybody's going to know I'm really a great singer. (laughs) You know, I mean, I sit out there in the congregation, but wherever I go to church at, people know, now we got a singer today in the house. (laughs) That ain't worship. Man, I dress better than anybody else does, and you can tell I really do. (laughs) My wife made me change. My jeans. She got really upset because I had a big hole in my jeans last night when I was preaching. No, 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 no. But I thought they were holy, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, it says, Frauds, Isaiah, prophecy, a few hit the bullseye. These people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They, what's that next word? They act like they're worshiping me. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They're just acting. It looks like everybody else, but you don't know, but God knows the heart. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. John chapter 4, verse 24, we read verse 23 a while ago, and he emphasizes God is spirit, the source of life yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What's the great command? Love the Lord or what? How much of your heart? What percentage is that? Of all your heart with, what percentage is that all? And with all your what? All your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And there's an all right before all of them. And what percentage is all of those alls? 100%. Real love for God and worship of God is loving him with all. It's, it's all about you. It's all about you. And I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's, it's just all about you. 
And, and when it's all about him and your worshiping in spirit and in truth, God says you're going to be having the best and all the doors of his goodness are going to be opened and unlocked for you when you're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. That's what he tells us, you know. Worship has so much to do with this passionate, you know, God-honoring longings. Do you long for anything? Think about it. Long. Listen to what it says here in Psalms 42, verse 1. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O oh God. You know, when the deer's been out there in the mountains and maybe running from a pack of coyotes and things like that, and he's just, he's up from the top of the mountain and the, the streams and all are a lot lower enough, and he is desperately thirsty. Have you ever been thirsty? Really thirsty? And he's like, no matter what anybody talks about, it's like, I got to get something to drink. And I don't care if it's flavor or not, it's water. That's what we have to have. We can only live a, about three, four days, you know, without water, you know, and, and be healthy and survive. But it says here, the psalmist says, as the deer, the deer longs for streams of water. So I long for you, oh God. It's all about you. I got to have more of you. I thirst for God, the living of, have you thirsted for God? Have you thirsted for God? Have you ever really longed for him? Like you've, you, if you've been a whole day and you had nothing to drink or a day and a half or two days, it's like, I got to drink some water. I got to have something to drink. And the psalmist says, I'm thirsty for God like that. I'm so thirsty. I want God. I'm tired of all this other stuff. It don't satisfy. It leaves me thirsty. Oh, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, oh God. I thirst for God, the living God. Worship is the submission of, our all, of all of our nature to God. Worship is the quickening. That means it's coming alive. <clears throat> it's the quickening of conscience by his holiness. Worship is the nourishment of mind by his truth. Worship is the purifying of imagination by his beauty. Worship is the opening of the heart to his love. Worship is the surrender of will to his purpose. And all of this gathered up in adoration, the most selfless emotion of which our nature is capable. And therefore, the chief remedy for our self-centeredness, which is our original sin and the source of all actual sin, worship. It's all about pleasing God. Worship. It's all about you. It's all about pleasing God and expressing our, expressing our appreciation and our love to him. That's what worship is. So worship God if you want the best. Worship God if you want the doors of all his goodness coming out to you and your family and your loved ones, worship. But it's all about him. It's like being crazy about God. God's crazy about you. But you being crazy about him. Ain't nothing more important. I, I'm crazy about God like I'm crazy for another drink of water. Like I'm crazy, I got to have another breath of air. I, I got to have more God in my life. That's worship. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Worship that costs you nothing in the way of time, energy, or money, or resources of some kind. Worship that is cheap is really not worth being called worship, to be honest with you. Listen to what it says in 2 Samuel chapter 21. I think it's 21. It says, David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord. An altar is a place where they would come to worship. In the Old Testament. And where he came, and he was talking about Arana, he said, take it, Dave. Just take this, this piece of land here. Take it, my Lord, the king, and, and use it as you wish. Arana said to Dave, here are oxen for the burnt offerings. Take the oxen and you can slay them and, and make an offering right here. And you can use the threshing boards and the ox yokes, you know, the plows and all that stuff. You can just burn them right now and you can roast those ox before God. And it can be your offering and your sacrifice to God. And you can build a fire on the altar. 
Verse 23. I'll give it all to you, your majesty. And may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Arana, buying it? No, I insist on buying it. I know if you get, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. See, worship's got to cost us in time, energy, resources of some kind. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. And, and David built an altar there to the Lord that he paid for. And he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered, what's it say? And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. I wonder if... if God's children really get a hold of offering worship in spirit and in truth. I wonder if God will answer our prayers. And I wonder if the plagues, uh, such as the coronavirus, might stop. When you access the goodness behind every door that God has, and you, you access the best of everything he has by worshiping him in spirit, and in truth. You know, there's a lot of ways of worship with our, with our singing, with our, our bodies, with our, we worship God with our tithes. We talk about, I worship God with my tithes and my offerings. But I worship God by feeding the, the, the hungry and helping the orphans. And we worship God in a lot of different kinds of ways, you know. Uh, listen to what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 26. No, wait, let's back up that. See, worship is giving God your best. It's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. First, it says, guard your... I'm looking into your heart. I'm looking in... God says he's looking into our heart. Guard your heart above all else. I mean, guard your heart above your safe, above your bank account. Guard your heart above your garage or, or the most prized place in your house he says guard your heart above what what percentage is all guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life how your life goes is determined by the condition of your heart the core of your being and God knows our heart he genuinely does He says here, he brought us into a place. Uh, no, let me go back there again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What happens to your life today when you leave here, and what happens tomorrow and the next day, and the next day has everything to do with your heart. You know if, if your heart stops pumping, you know you're in trouble, right? Guard your heart, protect your heart. The core of your being. Worship him and spirit into worship God from the heart. Oh, you get the best. Every door of his goodness is unlocked for you. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 26, 9. It says, he brought us to a place and he gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And you go, well, I'm not really that crazy about milk. Honey is all right. When he says it flows with milk and honey, if the land back in them days flowed with milk, it means that every animal in the place was given birth. There was lots of livestock. There was more livestock than any other part of the country because it was flowing. There was milk everywhere. And he says, in honey, and to get honey, you got to have what? Bees. And bees is what pollinates every vegetable, every, every piece of fruit. And if you don't got bees, you don't have much vegetables and you don't have much fruit and you don't have much to eat. So he says, he brought us, he, he, the one with the good reputation, the great reputation, God Almighty, he brought us to a place and gave us the land flowing with milk and honey. And now, O oh Lord, I have brought you the first portion. Oh, wonder, what, wonder what portion he wants, what percentages he want from us. Well, he does want 100, but he only asked you when it, it came to them going to their gardens and them going to their livestock. 
they brought him 10%. That's all he required. That's the truth of it. You can study it out for yourself. I have brought you the first portion of the harvest and, and you've given me the, the first portion of the harvest that you've given me and then place the produce before the Lord your God. It says, and you bow to the ground and you worship him with that small percentage of what he has given you so much more. So we worship God with all, we worship him with our tithes and our offerings. But think about this. Lots of times it's easier for people to worship gold than it is to worship God. If you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king, for they was F, said, I, and he made a 90-foot golden image, and he said, when I play this music, everybody in the kingdom bows down and worships a golden image. And when thousands of people are bowing down, worshiping a golden image, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is like, no, we're not going to do that. You can't hide amongst thousands of people who are kneeling when you're still standing. And made it very obvious. And the king says, I'll give you another chance. No, king, we're not going to bow to that gold because we've already determined we bow only to God. He said, okay, into the furnace you go. The soldiers heated up seven times hotter, threw them into the furnace. And then the king says, hey, I told you to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a fourth guy in there. Who'd you throw in there? We didn't throw nobody in there. And they're walking around. Everybody's usually struck dead instantly. And that fourth guy looks like the son of God. It's so easy to worship our gold, give it all of our time and our energy and our, our resources. Just take the ale out of gold and that's where our worship should go. It should go to God. That's what I'm talking about here. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. In the message, it says, it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be. It's the place that you will desire to be. Some people have no use for God at all because they got something better than God, and that's where they invest all their extra time, energy, and resources. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is is the place you will most want to be, and you'll end up being there. Deuteronomy 26, verse 11 says, Afterwards, but we were just reading there in Deuteronomy 26, it says, Afterwards, you may go and celebrate because of all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Because you, you worship me with a small percentage of what I've given you. Showed where your heart was at. You know. I'll bring you more than a song. More than a song. Hmm. I'll bring you more than a song. Singing about God is different than singing to God. Talking about God, it's good, but it's different than talking to God. Now, let me tell you, I have an awesome wife. She takes really good care of me. She really does. She cleans up my messes, you know. She fixes us up. She spends time with me. She hikes up the mountain with me. She is awesome. But let me tell you, I can talk about her, and it's wonderful, but I'd rather talk to her. Is there a difference between the two? Worship is, is singing, is communicating to God. Praise is singing about him and what he's done. That's fantastic. But worship is singing to him. It's communicating to him. You, you understand what I'm saying here? Listen to what it says in Amos and I said some of this stuff might be convicting, right? Just because we can see the truth of it. It says in Amos 5.21, it says, in the message Bible says, and this is God speaking. So hold on for a second. Hold on. Hold on tight. I can't stand your religious meetings. God said that. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects. Your pretentious slogans and your goals. I'm sick of your fun raising schemes, your public relations and image making. Oh, we want to give the best image, don't we? I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music designed to make you look and feel good. When was the last time? This is God talk. When was the last time you? saying to me. And he's saying, 
When was the last time you sang to me from your heart? There's a difference. God's, when was the last time you sang to me? I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than just some words. I'll bring you more than a song, more than a song. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. And I'm going to bring you more than a song. Now. It's a good service when I can pull a plate out of a bag. Oh, man. You know that. Wow. What do you think this piece of bread is made of? What do you think is missing? Gluten. Now, I'm going to pick a half a dozen of you guys, and I'm going to say... I'm going to take you up to my mountain. We have a fantastic spot on our mountain, don't we? That's where we meet with God. You can meet with him anywhere, but we just have this awesome place on the mountain. And I'm going to take you up, and we're going to pray, and we're going to sing, and we're going to have a picnic. Is that okay? It'll be okay. And I'm just going to bring some bread. Is that okay? Is that a good picnic? No? Hmm. some bread more than some bread is this better these are meatballs gluten free oh man gluten free meatballs you stay right there oh man look at that sauce I just dropped some on the floor oh man I wonder if I can get a couple more on there Probably not. Is that better? No, it's not. What's this called, dear? Pepper Jack. Now, I've read my Bible. I don't know about you, but the Bible says... Two pieces is better than one. Y'all like cheese? Okay, I was hoping you'd say that. Y'all like Parmesan cheese? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Did I put too much cheese on? Okay. I got a little bit of grated cheese for those who don't like the other stuff. (laughs) You know what this is? You know where he came from? Our garden. You know what this is? We have planted lettuce continuously throughout the summer, and this was picked after the snow. (laughs) Now, if I had time, we'd put some other condiments on there. Let me ask you, do you think this is better than just plain bread? You're dismissed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Woo. I'm going to tell you something. More than 
some bread, more than some bread. When we go on the mountain, I'll bring you more than some bread. More than some bread. It's better. I'll bring you more than a song. I put meatballs in this bread. But God wants us to fit our heart into our song and into our serving. He wants us to put our heart into it. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Our time is almost up here. Wow. I'll have that for lunch a little bit later, okay? I would have offered it to you, but you know, these days and stuff, I've licked it and tasted it and all that. Mm. Oh, that's not a napkin. Here's a napkin. Sorry about that. Okay. One more scripture. I got a lot more. This is just the introduction, okay? Just the introduction. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present or to offer your bodies, dedicate, which means to give all of of your yourselves. It means you set it apart. Like you might set apart a little bit of money from something you got. I'm going to give that in a special offering. You set it for. But the Bible says set apart your body. Set it apart. I'm going to give my body to God. Look at what it says. Here in uh, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, and this is in the Amplified. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicate all of yourselves, your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears, your, your, your brain, your, your mind, your, your memory, your, your voices, your lungs, Dedicate all that you are and ever, ever hope to be. Dedicate, give to God your past, your present, and your future. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Give it all to God. That's what he's saying right here. He says, I want you, brothers and sisters, I want you to dedicate all of yourselves. Set apart as what? He don't want no more dead lambs or no sacrificed bulls or turtle doves that they, they, they killed them to... to Offer them as a God says, I want a living sacrifice. I don't want no more dead sacrifices. I want a living sacrifice. And He wants us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Listen to what He goes on to say holy and well pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent what? Act of worship. So don't, nobody move. We're going to take up an offering. Don't move. We're going to take up an offering right now. I'm talking about a big offering. Can you guys come up here? So as you leave from just a few minutes back here and back up there, you're going to separate these two and you're going to there. And I want you to step in there and give yourself as an offering to God. Give him your body. If you've got a friend, you might say, would you take my picture while I'm there so I'll remember that I gave my all to God? And then you can just, you know, uh, text that to me a little bit later on. You think I'm teasing, but I'm not. It's meaningful when you say, I offered my body. He says to do it. He says that's my, the best act of worship that I can give. It's when I don't just give him my wallet or just give him a little time or give him a little song, but he says... I want you just to climb into the, the offering basket and give you everything because it's all about him. And I'm crazy about him, Jesus, and I'm just going to do whatever it is that he wants me to do. So if you guys will go put those things back out there, and this is why you don't bottleneck. I was going to try to put everybody in them, but I couldn't find a basket big enough to do that, you know. So what I want to do, if I know our time is getting away from us, and I'm getting hungry to eat another bite of that sandwich there. But I want to pray. But before I do, let me tell you about Susan and the whale. Why don't you come up here with me, dear? It wasn't really a whale, but it was like a whale. You remember Jonah, where he was at? In the belly? So I'll let you tell your, your little adventure this past week, yeah, well, and then we, we're going to pray. We, um, 
we had, when we went to Nantucket, we decided we wanted to come home on Monday, um, so we would be here on Tuesday because we felt it was important for us to go and vote in person. Mm -hmm. So we set our, we went ahead and got our ticket to come home on Monday evening, and uh, we noticed a few days earlier that there was a gale warning. A lot of the hurricanes that have been in different parts of the East Coast, they all headed to Nantucket and affected our weather there. We had lots of rain, lots of high winds. So lots of high be waves. 45 to 50 mile an hour winds. And so along with that warning, it told the mariners, anybody, anybody going out in the boat or a ferry or anything, it said, don't leave the port. You know, so... Uh, so they did cancel all the fast ferries, which just take an hour from Hyannis to Nantucket, but the slower ferries, which was the ones that we were on, the ones that fast ferries just carry passengers, the ones we go on, you can take your car. And there's tractor trailers, lots of them that are on this ferry. So I guess it's supposed to be more stable, so they decided they were going to run those, which was what we were taking. So we 5.30 went, at night. So we went there. And we have a, a, a tent on top of our car, so it's like a top carrier. And so they put us in the middle of the ferry uh, on the bottom floor amongst the tractor and trailer. So we were about 18 inches from the wall on Ronnie's side. Couldn't the, open the door. On my side, we were about the same, maybe even less. To Couldn't tractor, open that door. To a tractor trailer. Ahead of us was a tractor trailer maybe just a few inches away from us, and in the back, only a few inches away, there was another tractor trailer. So we were surrounded. We really couldn't have gotten out easily. There's a little roof to. hole in the top. I had already figured that out. You know, and get on the roof if we so needed to. Because of the pandemic, we decided both going there and coming back, we were going to stay in the car. No sense in going out and mingling around people. Cause and they recommended that. We had to socially distance anyway. But we just said, hey, why even get out of the car? So we stayed in the car. And when we got out to sea, the, the waves were tremendous. And so every couple of minutes, it felt like we were hitting a brick wall. And you could hear the waves crashing against the ferry. And so the, the tractor trailers beside of us, in front of us, behind us, were all swaying. And we were swaying. They were going back and forth and this way and that way. And I'm like, I'm getting seasick. <laughs> I know. You thank the Lord you didn't get seasick out there. And, uh, yeah, it would have made a mess in the car because I couldn't have gotten out. But anyway, so it was, you know, we faced different things in our life. That, but this was probably one of the most frightening things that I have ever faced in my life. Two hours in the dark. And, and just. Like in the belly of a whale. Yeah. And so because, I mean, for all I know, one of those tractor trailers could have just tipped right over on us. You know, I mean, and. It was just, it was really quite frightening. And so we started praying and singing, you know, just like the song that we sang earlier um, about the, uh, I'll sing a hallelujah. It says that I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Uh, you know, I'm going to praise, uh, you know, and, and in the midst of it all. And that's what we started doing. We just started worshiping the Lord and singing and praying and quoting the scriptures and if I looked at those tractor trailers around me, the, the fear just came right back. And I, so I got to the place where I either had to have my eyes totally closed or just look into Ronnie, you know. And, and so we just kept singing and praying for two hours and 15 minutes. And, you know, and we knew that God was the God of the, of the waves, you know, that he, he spoke peace and calmed right. the waves. Well, it didn't exactly calm the waves while we were there. But it could have been worse. It could have been worse. And he brought us through. And I just kept picturing, you know, the thing of, I, I was ready, I'm ready to meet Jesus at any moment. I'm look, looking forward to seeing him face to face. But it was the, the moments of time between being in the car and meeting him face to face that really concerned me. I mean, I, you know, just thinking about, because the ferry has a door on the backside, but not on the front side. You know, and if one of those waves could have come crashing and all of us went floating out in our car into the water, you know, and I just, I, the, the thought of drowning in that kind of death was, was very frightening. But, you know, God delivered us and he saved us and he rescued us and we made it safely to the land. But it was our worship 
you know, that kept me focused on God. And it was our worship that opened the door of his, all of his goodness and his best to us. And, and it was his worship that delivered me from my, my fears. As we worshiped him, it delivered me from my fears. And, and you know, after, after a while, I mean, I, I just kept having to turn my focus back to him, you know, and, and to constantly worship him. And we need to continue to encourage each other. That's what Susan, that's all she needed is a little bit of encouragement. Yeah, I just kind of needed to keep looking to him to redirect my I'm thinking back to God because I, I, if I looked all around, it was And I'm thinking, I'm going to get a free car wash out of this thing, you know, <laughs> before it's over with. But, you know, worship, it really does bring you the best. It takes away your fear. When we started singing, fear was gone, wasn't it? Yes, and even in this pandemic, you know, and even in, in the the other things that are going on in our world, you know, the things that challenge us, the things that disappoint us, the things that haven't turned out maybe the way that we thought they would. And although there's, you know, there's always room for God to continue to change things, you know. Yes, and, it is. and even uh, in the things that we're facing right now as a nation, you know, it's all in God's hands. It you is. know, and as we worship him, you know, we, we recognize that he he has it all under control. He does. I want to pray right now for those of you, and I know we've taken you for a couple extra moments, but I want to give you opportunity in case you don't know Jesus in a personal way. It's the most important decision you can ever make. Just give him your heart right now. So I ask you to reaffirm your faith in Christ, and if you don't know him, declare it with me. So I'm going to lead you in just a few-second prayer. Join me as we pray right now. Let Jesus move into your heart and your life. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And I believe he gave his life for me. I believe he gave his life for me. And washed all my sins away. And washed all my sins away. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. I believe Jesus is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus as my Savior, as my Savior, as my Lord, as my Lord, and as my King, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I choose this day. I choose this day to live my life for you. To live my life for you. Because it's all about you. Because it's all about you. Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now another sixty seconds, and you'll be out. I just want to pray for you. If you got any kind of physical need. I don't care what it is, physical, financial, emotional, whatever it might be. We're just going to take just a moment. And you're just going to be right there. I'm just going to ask you to stand. If you've got a need, just stand to your feet. We're going to pray for you right there all day at one time. And if you say, well, I don't, but i got a friend who's got some needs, then stand in, in the gap for them. And those of you who are at home, if you've got a need, whatever it is, just stand up right now. Or if it's for a loved one, just take a stand right now. We're just going to pray for you right now before we dismiss you. Father God, we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, the name that is above every other name. You said we can come boldly yes. to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. And you see my brothers and sisters here, and you see all those who are living out there. They're not in this room. They're watching, wherever it is. Lord, may your healing power, may your uh, miraculous power flow to them and meet their need, whatever it might be. I ask in the name of Jesus yes. for a miracle for each man, for each woman, for each boy, for each girl. Send your miraculous power to meet their needs and comfort them and encourage them, almighty God. Yes, Father. Bless them, almighty God, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus. And Father, we also ask that you would be with our nation right now. And Father, we ask that, yes, Lord, Father. any hidden things that need to be revealed will be revealed. Yes, Lord. And Father, that you would just rule and reign over our nation. Father, we, you tell us in your word to pray for our president. You tell us to pray for the leaders that are in authority. And Lord, right now we pray for President Trump, Lord, because he is in authority right now. And Father, we just ask that you would give him wisdom, Father, that you would... Uh, lead him and guide him, that you would protect him and his family. Lord, we also especially pray for Vice President Pence and his family. Lord, we thank you for the godly influence that he has been in our nation for the last four years. And Father, we just ask that you would give him wisdom, Lord, as he would proceed forward as well. 
And Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would also be with all the the incoming and outgoing politicians throughout the nation, Father. Lord, that your will would be done. Father, we know that there's a lot of things that are still up in the air. And Father, we just commit the government of our nation to you. And Lord, we're just going to keep looking to you because we know that you're the one that has the final say. You're the one that puts people into office. And we thank you, Father, that we can trust you. And we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid because it's all in your hands. In Jesus' name. Teach us how to worship you, Lord. Yes. Teach us how to worship you so the best will always be ours. Teach us how to worship you so we can grab those doors to your goodness and they'll always come open into us and our family and our loved ones. Teach us how to worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless our brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.